So the the level of the relationship that we've been able to develop with multiple CEOs, like the, yeah. the fact that we have a platform, the fact that we can create these assets, right, has opened doors for us to do this. So I highly, highly encourage. And this started with Facebook Live. It didn't start, you know, with the full blown machines. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving missing some essential steps along the way. So, I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty-gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. Last time on the Marketing Matrix podcast, we wrapped up with Lindsay Elmore. I have no doubt that her episodes gave you some major insight. So if you want to go back and listen, then go ahead and do that. But hang with me, guys, because today you are in for another treat as I interview the Biz Bros with some amazing content concepts from these content experts. Listen up and take some notes. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by two of my very, very good friends, Luis and Fonzie Cameo. I am so excited. They are more friendly known as the biz bros in, in our industry, and I am so excited to have them on the show with us today. They are good, good friends of mine. So Luis and Fonzie, thank you so much for coming with us on the show today. Yeah. Thank you, Lisanne. Thank you so much. We're we, so excited. We're extremely excited to be here, especially with you. Oh, oh well, yeah. I am just seriously, seriously so excited. Guys, for those of you that don't know who the Biz Bros are, let me take a second to introduce these powerhouse, phenomenal entrepreneur friends of mine. I first met Luis and Fonzie at uh, Steve Larson's Offermind event two Septembers ago, before the world came to an end. And uh, ever since then, we've just known that we would work together at, at some point. These brothers are relentless in their pursuit of expertise, their desire to understand how to serve this market, and they just light up every room that they come into. They are completely full of joy. They have helped companies like Orange Theory, Red Bull, JWB Property Management, CSI companies, Think Different Theory, which is Josh Forty's company, University of North Florida, Smile Stylist, F45 Fitness, my podcast, The Marketing Matrix. They do all the assets for this and they are just killer content creators and content repurposers and they have absolutely just exploded um, onto the scene because of their quality work. So guys, give it up in your cars, in your kitchens, in your bedrooms, in your living rooms, wherever you are listening to this, and give it up for the Biz Bros. Wow. Can we just Let's end the episode go. right now? Like, we, <laughs> we don't need to talk anymore. That's it. Like, game over. Like, that, that was so good, Lisa. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. you made Fonzie <laughs> blush. He never blushes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm just seriously so excited to have you guys here, and, and I just want to, first of all, thank you for all of the work that you do for the Marketing Matrix podcast. 
when I saw that we're actually doing this interview today because we're both part of PodMax, which is uh, produced by Josh Carey and, and Eric Sabral. And they have just done such a good job with helping podcasters and hosts have an opportunity to hone their craft. Um, and so this is a unique opportunity for us. So shout out to them. And we're just so excited to be on the show today. So some of our listeners, they see all the stuff that you do if they are listening to the podcast, but they don't know where you came from and your story. So I would love for you guys, how did you get to be these, con these content repurposing gurus in the online space? <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much. But I, I'm going to throw this one to my brother. Oh, he tells man. the story way better than I do. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You, you never said yeah. that. Okay. T take the compliment. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we'll play in slow motion afterwards. Uh, yeah, so before we were actually the soccer bros. So, you know, we grew up in Venezuela. That's where we're from. Uh, you know, brothers with the same name, Luis and Luis. That's why we call him Fonzie. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're mothers from the same mother, <laughs> just so you guys know there. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and the dream was to be a uh, professional soccer player, right? So, you know, that's, that was like our main goal. Our life was crafted to be a professional soccer player. You know, we had the opportunity to go and play in Europe, me for a couple of years, Fonzie for a few months. And then we came back to Venezuela for whatever reason uh, that didn't work out. Right, we were like really, really close, and then we decided to come to the states uh, as to ch chase an opportunity. Right, college, we're gonna get the the soccer scholarship. That's when we came here in 2010, and Fonzie in 2011. Fast forward those uh, college years for a little bit. Fonzie was actually uh, professional for about six <laughs> months here in uh, in Florida. He actually played pro soccer, which is awesome. So you know he's the best. <laughs> and then and then after that, we both encounter a little bit of a identity crisis, right? Like Fonzie, uh, I'll let him share his story. But for me, I remember. My last day of college soccer, we actually went to conference finals in, in NCAA D1. And, uh, and then the next day, we're, I was back in, at home. I had no practice. And uh, I was like, what now? Like, all my life has been like, this is my north. Soccer is my north. And now that I'm done with college soccer, for me, there was no opportunity. Uh, I was already like 24, 25. So that's a little bit of an older age to continue playing. And I was like, man, what now? And uh, identity crisis kicked in. So, and then Fuzzy had a similar yeah. story. His is a little bit more dark, I would say. <laughs> no, so uh, <laughs> on my side, you know, back home again, our only goal was playing soccer professionally. And the only, <clears throat> sorry, work experience I had was this internship that we did at the end of high school where I was like, I don't want to work at an office. So I just picked a, a job that it was literally being outside on the field, <laughs> watering plants and eating mango all day. That was it. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I had like two days a month that I had to go at, to an office and I absolutely hated it. So when I came here to the States, I played soccer and I remember the day that I was out there on the field and the coach calls me and he's like, hey, Luis, so you know, we, we love you. Um, you can still come and practice with the team, but we're not going to, you know, give you the, the contract. We're, you're not going to, you know, be a part of the team anymore. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it, right? At the moment, I was like, okay, like, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I kept practicing. But then I went back home and I was sitting eating breakfast. And my girlfriend at the time, she comes and she's like, is everything okay? And as soon as I saw her, I just started crying. And I was like, uh, it's over. Like, this is the end of my soccer career. Mm. And my identity shattered, literally, because, again, I, was, I just wanted to be a soccer player. That My thoughts, all my efforts were just directed to that. 
So that point was like, what am I going to do now? I know I don't want to go to an office and I don't see any mangoes laying around <laughs> that I can go eat all day. So what am I going to do now? Yeah. Right. And I think that was the start of us Googling how to make money in the internet because our situation because of being international students was whether make it work somehow here or go yeah. back home and back home, you know, the country's a dictatorship. There's a lack of opportunities. We do want to eventually go back and rebuild the country. But at this point, it, we cannot go back because there's yeah. no opportunities there's, for us to grow no or to build anything meaningful. So that's when we started, you know, looking for other opportunities that were not soccer and get it, getting into this entrepreneurial <laughs> world. Yeah. So, you know, from, from that point on, basically, uh, shiny, uh, like what is it? Shiny, shiny object, object syndrome, a hundred percent, right? It's like <laughs> this thing and that thing and that thing. And, you know, we'll try it for like a few days and it's like, this is not the thing. Uh, and then our roommate decides to come into our house. Um, we lived in like a seven bedroom house with like three dogs. Like, it was crazy, crazy times. And he comes in with like, Hey, Here's a, here's a surprise for you guys. Uh, I just bought this vinyl sticker cutter. Let's do a, a sticker company. And we're like, heck yeah, let's do it. Uh, without knowing anything about, you know, business, even though I went to business school, right? Like uh, I, knew, I knew nothing. And, uh, and then, so we try to, to start selling these stickers, right? Thinking there's a huge profit margin, which it is, but you have to sell thousands and thousands of stickers. Yeah, you got to be sticker mule if you want to, if you want those, those much. good profits. Yeah. Then. And, and obviously like through this, uh, a few weeks later, we end up in Orlando in, in a massive, massive event and, and conference for brands and stuff. And a few days after that, our roommate comes with a screen printing com uh, machine to the house and be like, guys, we now make t-shirts. And we're like, Awesome. Yeah. Fun fact <laughs> for those that are watching this, these t-shirts that we have were the last t-shirts we the made before ones. completely quitting. We were like, yeah. we don't want to do this anymore, but we're going to make ourselves some sweet t-shirts. Yeah. So we would like <laughs> knock on doors in every single business here in Florida where we live. And, uh, you know, we're like, Hey, we make t-shirts. Will you be okay with it? And then I, I had a full-time job at the time. So I would come home at 7 PM Fonzie and, and our roommate were like trying to get the screens ready to go the, to do the squeegee thing. And then we would be doing the squeegee you think from like 8 p.m. to like 3 a.m. and uh, and it was hell. Sorry. So we did not enjoy the process. We did not have the expertise or the knowledge to identify that we needed to hire somebody or just stop doing it at all, right? And then at the end of the day, our relationship kind of broke with our roommate, right? So that that was a, a another uh, you know situation there that was not familiar to us, and uh, we decided to abandon that type of business. But through that journey, we, we started to, to try to find out how to sell stuff online, how to market, how to do these things, right? And uh, we got indoctrinated by Ty Lopez. I was like the gateway drug to, to internet marketing at the time, right? Uh, chasing the, the bro marketer. The bro marketer, <laughs> the, the, the social, yeah, uh, that whole world. <laughs> that whole world, right? Which is completely wrong now that we see it. But like that got us that introduction and it, it kicked yeah. us off to we, execution. Right? We were totally victims of the Lambo marketing ads right we're like yeah that looks so cool i want a lambo too oh, so bad let's buy this product right which of <laughs> course at the moment that was what was guiding us right we had this need to make it happen right we wanted just money literally that was our, our driver um and actually josh 40 and russell brunson recently had a conversation about greed being the the immediate sure. motivator to get yeah. started and then those motivations change and i feel like that that's what has happened to us. Yeah, like Nate was definitely a big one, right? He got us moving. And uh, I mean, you could see Fonzie wearing a suit 
<laughs> going into uh, restaurants, right, to sell social media marketing agencies. Uh, so that's how everything started from there, like very fast forward. Um, we did that. We posted for restaurants. We did like this very small campaigns. Then we invested in equipment. We got into video production. We started producing long form like videos, events videos. Yeah. So this was um, a process that lasted about four years where we yeah. were literally just learning a whole bunch of new skills, right? We started learning uh, direct response. We started learning funnel building. We started learning copywriting. We didn't own <laughs> us a camera. We didn't know how to edit anything. And yeah, we learned amazing. how to, you know, how to edit, how to photography, videography. We learned so many skills, <laughs> but at the same time, we were just saying yes to every single opportunity that would come our way. And yeah. what we thought it was a business was actually just a freelancing gig. We were just freelancers, you know, trying to make a buck and trying to survive. Yeah. We did not have a sustainable business. And that's actually when we decided, okay, you know, a, about a year ago with Steve Larson, he brought to the table, you guys need to focus and do <laughs> something, one thing, right? Okay. Not all these things. And that's when actually our business has started shifting and we decided, okay, Let's just focus on the content repurposing aspect, right? This yeah. is where we're really good at. This is what we believe in. And this, the conversations that we have for people, like this is where we help them move the, the needle forward in their business. And I, I think that's how the content repurposing started. Again, super fast forward. There's so many points in there that, <laughs> that, that we jumped because we obviously want to, you know. Condense that. We're working yeah. on a condensation we're, of stories. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we you can let us know if that was good. <laughs> yeah, if not, the whole episode would just be a story. Yeah. So, there. <laughs> That's well, story. No, you're totally good. I, so, what I love so much about this is that it's, it's the real deal and it's the real story. I think everyone has this vision in their mind, especially the first time they get hooked by by that ad, right? Whether, whether it's the Lambo angle or, or a different promise, but they get hooked by something and they just think it's just going to be this steady course upward to success. And the truth of the matter is, is that to learn what you need to learn to understand where the unique problem to solve in the market is and how it fits your unique skill set and interests, it takes time. Absolutely. It Absolutely. takes time to find that and to understand that. So um, I, I totally feel you. I mean, I myself, uh, for those that have listened, you know, they, they know I've, this is my agency that I'm doing. It's my third business opportunity. The first two failed miserably. And even before that, I've worked in every sector, private sector, the public sector with nonprofits, you know, yeah. in academia, I've worked in everything on my own personal journey to figure it out. So you guys are not alone in that. And I think that it helps people that are getting into this space realize that, oh, okay, well, just the fact that my first course didn't succeed doesn't mean that I'm a failure, right? It just means, okay, you've learned one way that doesn't work, right? Absolutely. Just like the Thomas Edison, he said he found 10,000 ways to not build a light bulb, right? <laughs> yeah, love it, so, love that quote. So I love it. Okay, so how did you know when you when you went from essentially freelancing to specializing how did yeah. you know when you found it like when it oh, clicked oh that was a, such a specific moment for us uh yeah. It, yeah and and i got chills right now because we were like fancy said we we're the yes people right so people were like hey i need this video we're like yes hey i need this campaign yes we we're actually the message was we're the anti-marketing agency right <laughs> so we're like hey what do you guys do we're the anti-marketing agency like oh that's so interesting so can you help me with this and we're like yes right so, so we would literally <laughs> do whatever uh, another marketing agency would do but we were like since we're the anti-marketing agency what are you not happy with with your current marketing agency 
we'll do it better. That was a message. That was a message. And it was, it was horrible because it set us to like 30 different things, right? Uh, but on publishing specifically, uh, at the time we were already creating and producing this type of content. We were actually go to locations and film. We don't do that anymore. And then from that piece of content, we started to create all the assets that you see now. Now, remember sitting in a meeting with a few business owners and there's a, a whiteboard and we're like explaining like what the process was, the results of the clients, right? And at the time, Fonsi completely deleted everything in our social media on Instagram. He comes like, hey, I deleted. And to me, it was like, oh, that's perfect. We're going to start brand new, like new brand, whatever. Right? And then we hear Russell said, don't ever delete your story, right? Don't ever delete anything. And the whole, the whole social media was completely blank, right? So one of the people sitting in that table that we're pitching to, he's like, well, this is so amazing and wonderful with the clients, but where's your stuff? And we're like, complete God punch. Like I wanted the floor just to like eat me. That's it. Right. And it was a really challenging conversation and we didn't close business there. Right. Uh, and that would have been an amazing boost for, for us. So we came back to, to the office. Um, I have the office in memory. Fonsi said it was a coffee shop, but it's okay. We gotta, we, we'll settle on the office. Yeah. Uh, but we had a conversation, right. And we were like, we need to start publishing like consistently because it will increase report. It will increase. That, that was the theory, right? Like, that's a hypothesis. Uh, these people said that they didn't see anything. So how can they believe us? And uh, we, we identified that we didn't publish because there were some friction points in there because our, the story that we were telling ourselves was like, we are executing for clients. We're busy. We're too busy, right? And, uh, but we quickly identify, we quickly look at the phone and we're like, okay, well, I'm spending three hours on social media. So I, can I grab like 10 minutes of this and produce a piece of content, right? So for us, what matters there was, can I be consistent every single day? The KPI that rules them all, consistency. Without consistency, we cannot measure anything else. So we got to start there. So we removed all the friction and we came up with our own minimal viable content, right? How can I produce content every single day without friction? For us, that meant Facebook lives. And we decided to go live for 45 days. So, uh, and there isn't the, the, the simple structure without thinking, oh, what topics I'm going to be talking about. We decided to share a story of that day and then relate it to our business and send an offer out. Right. So I will share a story of like, for example, we're hearing your podcast, then I will tie it down. How does that help my business? How does that help my clients? And then at the end, it's like, hey, if you want to find out more, send us a DM. Right. That was the call to action. Uh, guess how many days we lasted? Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 10. 10 days? Hey, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> that's some, not pe bad. some people only say three and we're like, oh, wow. Oh, man, thank you. Like, <laughs> lack of faith here. Um, yeah, so Fancy, why don't you break the, the news? Yeah, I mean, it, we, we lasted about 15, 17 days. I don't know the day exactly. It's 15. I know, I know the day exactly. He knows the day exactly. Yeah. But the reason was not because we, you know, lacked the commitment. The reason was because we actually got business coming in because someone was listening to our message, right? And we're like, wow this works like that is crazy right <laughs> yeah. so now we put again an excuse on us that we had to fulfill for this new client that new and client. that's when we stopped publishing again yeah and then we were sitting um at funnel hacking live i remember and and i think we i think we shared this story right before we saw you coming in the room and uh, josh was there there's several people from offer lab and they're like well you guys continue to do this right and we're like uh nope we stopped like why do we stop doing the things that work, right? And, and uh, so we came back and we're like, we need to do this. 
And at the time, like on the back end for the system, for the clients, we're creating the, the multiplier uh, system, the M2M that we call. Uh, but us, we weren't executing. So we're like, okay, let's go back to consistency because it gave us results. Guess what? 17 days later, same thing happened. More business came in, right? So Fonzie stopped. I continued the 45, day, the 45 days, completely, completely committed. And we're like consistently work, publishing works. Now, how can we multiply our message? Because clearly it's attracting these conversations that then evolve into relationships, into partnerships, into business opportunities opportunities, right? So that's when like we really dove in uh, into our own stuff. And then COVID happened. Bam. Guess what? We lost 80% of our business in a week. It was horrible. Uh, I went to crisis mode after a few slaps of Fonzie in my face. He's like, let's change perspective, right? We've talked about starting a show, a podcast for so long. You know, Steve was like, guys, you need to publish, right? We were publishing the minimum viable content, but we're like, let's dive in into this show thing. So how can we execute? Well, let's create a minimum viable show. How can we do that? Like, how can we hold ourselves accountable to produce a show? And we decided to do it live three times a week, uh, because we wanted to shorten the, the learning. You know, we were working with Josh at the time and, and Josh does it three times a week too. So we're like, ah, you know, if he does it, let's do it too. And, uh, and, and then we're like, we committed to consistency, right? And then we started producing this and then our show allowed us to ex, uh, experiment a lot of things with points of contact, with multiple assets, with different shapes that then after testing ourselves, we, we do it with our clients and, and get amazing results. So now it's about how can I be consistent with my message? How can I put that message out there consistently? And then how can I multiply that message so I can create those conversations that lead to relationships, to uh, business opportunities and to uh, partnerships? Wow, that, that, that was that, good. I I, I want to point out this, okay, Lisanne, because I think you might have answered the wrong question. Did I? <laughs> I mean, here, Lisanne, this, this, this is what I was <laughs> under the impression here. I mean, I love that story, obviously, because that that's your publishing <laughs> journey. That That's what actually started us publishing consistently. But I think she asked, how did we start it? the content repurposing side of things. Oh. Not a publishing journey. Oh. Am I right, Lisanne? Please, they're, they're feel free to, bu to butcher him, please. <laughs> oh, man. I'm blushing. Oh, man, I, I should have I brought, brought my boxing gloves. I think, I think you, hey. both, you both answered the question I should have asked. Let's just say that. But, <laughs> no, that's funny. You know, we, we have a friend that he's like, you guys should start a campaign called Pick a Bro. So we're making it a competition here. You got now the, he's throwing the, rocks at me. Like at the end, the you're gonna have to pick a Broly, Sam. <laughs> oh man, this is you guys are making it tough. You are making it <laughs> tough. No, I love it. I, I think it's important to understand uh, understand the publishing journey. So, mm -hmm. and and that that publishing journey is part of. So the question that I asked, since since you brought it up, is how did you know when you found it, when it clicked into into the thing? And I think that understanding, I think. For everyone that finds a thing that clicks, it's the thing that works yep. for them, right? Absolutely. So like by you going and publishing every single day and then being like, oh, wow, like we actually have to stop this method because we now have a bunch of clients, like that worked and you replicated that two times, yep. right? And Absolutely. so, so, but, a, but a, an, a, an additional question that I have for you is, so Russell and Steve talk endlessly about the importance of publishing, but mm. like you've experienced, I've experienced it. There's just a ton of friction there. Yes. So I would love for you, since you live in the content world from your perspective and your expertise, why, why, why is there so much friction to the thing 
that works? Yes, definitely. That That's a great question. And first of all, I do want to say, even though I threw my brother under the bus, I mean, I, I love he this He threw story. me under like 10 buses. Yeah, you like, threw him under 10 buses. I felt the weight. It's, it's okay. It's okay. That happens. That happens. I, I love that story because <laughs> I think the story that he told is is the moment we actually realized, right? When we, when we said what we're doing actually works and that's when we started believing that content repurposing was actually the vehicle, right? Um, but to answer your, your question, Lisan, for me personally, my personal story was perfection, right? Mm -hmm. I, I wanted, as my journey started and I started learning about um, editing, right? Video production, I started putting too many barriers between myself and the publish button. So every single time I would try to do something, I would try to make it look so amazing. Mm -hmm. But later I realized that it was just an excuse because I was afraid of myself, of putting myself out there. I was afraid of putting myself in front of a camera. I was afraid of sharing my message, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people have those fears and it's very difficult to look at yourself in the mirror and say, just do it, just publish it, right? Just put yourself out there and face criticism because at the end of the day, either criticism or feedback, right? Because that's the only way we're going to, move forward. And I love this quote by Tom Bilyeu. He says, I prefer to move 100 miles per hour in the wrong direction than stand still. And guess what? When you're trying to be a perfectionist and you don't hit the publish button but, and you create just for yourself and just leave it there in the hard drive, yeah. you're being a perfectionist and you're standing still. You're not moving in the wrong direction. But by publishing consistently, right, whether you're doing it right or wrong, you're going to move either way and you're going to learn. And that was a key important part, right? So what my brother was talking about, the 45 live challenge that we did, that was for us moving in the wrong direction and then eventually <laughs> moving into the right direction because we decided let's remove the friction. Fun story. We decided to start our podcast about two years ago. We invested in this equipment that you're listening from right now about two years ago. And we were like, let's, this is awesome. If we invest in the equipment, we're going to do it. So we had my room. <laughs> we set up two cameras. We set up the light, um, the, the whole setup. It, it was looking super nice. My girlfriend would come in and she's like, what are you guys doing? That, why why that, are all these cameras bit, in this bedroom? I would like, it's a podcast, I promise. <laughs> but guess what? We had so much friction yeah. between actually recording and then editing everything. We recorded five episodes. Guess how many we released? Probably three. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The, the, the answer is zero. zero. We never got ourselves to edit any of those podcasts because we wanted it to be so perfect. We would be 30 minutes into recording an episode and we will tell her and, and we will make a mistake and we're like, nah, let's start again. Right. Because it doesn't sound perfect. Guess what? People don't care if you make mistakes. They love seeing the, seeing the authentic you making mistakes. It happens all the time. Like, look how I just butcher my brother about answering the wrong question, right? Like, it totally happens. And that's part I still, of- I still think that was the right answer. Just I, I think I it, was, it was the right answer. Sure, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, it builds that, I, I, I guess, like, that muscle inside of you. Yeah. But you won't build that muscle by trying to be- you know, perfect by, by hiding in your fears by behind of the camera and never publishing, uh, hitting the publish button. So for us was, let's remove the friction. Let's remove the editing. Let's remove everything that will stop us 
from hitting that button, right? So when we did go 45, 45 live, right? 45 days in a row on Facebook Live, we started making mistakes. It didn't matter. The we, at that point, our message was quality of the message over quality of the production. Once we have our message, the production will come eventually. And that was life changing for us because it was what kind of like gave us that kick in the butt, right? So we started getting a little bit of momentum. I love that so much. And, and guys, I just want to reemphasize something that Fonzie just said is get the message right and the production will follow. Like that, that is so, 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 so important to recognize is that, you know, and you, you hear the, the common phrases all the time, you know, of like taking imperfect action and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, and, and it, but it's true. It really is like, it is so, so, so important to put yourself out there because that authentic self, it's going to speak to somebody and it's the only way you're going to grow. And it's the only way you're going to get out there. Um, and so it's so, so, so important to do that. So let's, so let's talk about your, so I, so as, as someone who uses your services, uh, I'll describe a little bit about what, what Luis and Fonzie do, um, uh, in, in their agency. So I, I record a podcast just, just like we're doing right now. And I send them, they, they work with my podcast manager, but I send them this asset and they get a bunch of, uh, tags from my podcast manager and my copywriter that says, these are the smaller clips that we want to break out. These are the, the, head, the headlines and the main captions that we want to put in some social posts for some thumbnails. And then Luis and Fonzie and their team, they do an amazing job of taking those clips and they put intros in, in the front and the back and they size them appropriately for the different social channels that we use. So currently right now, the Marketing Matrix podcast is going out to YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and um, I, think, I think those are the main assets that you guys create. So- yeah. But it's, it's amazing because, and, they, and they're incredibly organized guys, they, they have a members area where they just drop all of those assets that then my team can go in and grab and post at the, at the appropriate schedule. Um, and it's, it's been so awesome. And I just have to say that since, since you guys started, my content hasn't changed a whole lot, but people are taking me so much more seriously just because of the production quality that has gone up. You know, I used to just post a thumbnail that we created on Canva and, uh, and post the whole episode on, on YouTube. And that was like the extent of it. And since breaking up the episode and publishing it in different ways, it's helping people consume the marketing matrix in, in different, uh, arenas. And it's been so, so, so helpful. And so first of all, I just want to thank you. Um, but the, the other thing that I want to just ask as we dive into this is, how did you come up with that model and how is it working for your clients? Because as you know, on this podcast, we yeah. talk all about what is working right now in businesses to, uh, to, to promote and market their services. So talk, talk to us a little bit about it, the inside of, of what you guys do with your content repurposing and, and why it works and what results you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And thank you so much for, for the kind words that you said. I'm glad that everything yeah. is going great because it's a sign to go great. Now, uh, you did mention there that obviously you have a team, right? You have the capacity, you have the resources to, you know, give the headlines and do this. And, and obviously you, you guys, uh, the, the side of the process that, that you guys tackle is very important. But yeah. And shout out to your team. And shout out to your team. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Valley. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, but same, at the same time, right, where we designed the system to be the plugin team. So you don't need the copywriter. So you don't need the person that needs to like look at the video 
and choose the chops, right? That, that was a friction point for us, right? At, at the same time. And it started with us creating our own stuff, right? And we're like, okay, how can we uh, multiply our message? We understand that we have to fulfill for some clients. We understand that this is the time that we have available. How can we create a system that allows us to execute this, right? Without friction. And that's when we started to find out. So, you know, just a a quick around, you know, we talked a, a lot about the, the publishing pyramid, which is your messages at the bottom, right? Like once you get it right, that's why we mentioned the 45 life story, because that's what gets to the message going. You have a very defined message, right? Right after that, right on top of the, of, of the messaging is consistency, right? You were already consistent at publishing your podcast, right? Or your video or whatever that is, right? And then after that is capacity and resources. So when most people don't understand, it's like they look at you, they look at Gary Vee, they look at Russell Branson, and they see the content coming out of $30,000 a month teams, right? They see all these assets everywhere, right? They're doing it for a reason, but they have the resources to actually afford that distribution, afford that production, right? So, but we immediately as, as producers, right, we want to get there day one, right? And that's why, you know, let me do it myself, right? And, uh, and then after that, it's, okay, people miss the capacity. They don't understand what the capacity of production is, right? They're like, okay, I want to produce 30 assets a week, let's say, 30 different posts in every social media platform. And that was us, right? We're like, we want to be everywhere. But they don't understand, okay, what is my capacity of production? How long does it take me to actually create these assets? How long does it take me to actually go through the video and choose the value parts that I can share with my audience to my very, with my very specific message? That time, right, has a value. So people miss that one. So once we understand our resources, once we understand our capacity, then we understand our, our consistency, our messaging. We work from, you know, from the bottom, from to, the bottom to the top. Now, if you work with us, for example, right, like what the system looks like is the video comes in and then we kind of scan that video. We, that's a human process. So we call it the value index. Fonzie developed it, right? So it's not a timestamp stuff, it's ideas, it's messaging. So we work on like, okay, listen, who's your audience? Who do you talk to, right? Who, like, what's your message? What do you want to co communicate with your team? So basically your team comes in, scans your episodes and marks like timestamps all these ideas, the value that is going to come out of that episode, right? Right after that, uh, we select the chops that we're going to produce for you guys. And then how it looks, right? It could really look however you want. Like the sky is the limit at this point, but the, because the message is already in these points of contact, right? So from there, it's like, okay, where do you want to distribute? Do you guys have the capacity to distribute, you know, 30, 50, 100 pieces of content? We have a client that they, they distribute 55 different pieces in 20 minutes because of this system, right? Because of the distribution, because of the assets that, that we're creating. So after that, we create all the steals. We create like the video assets, all the movement that comes in into that. That's all pre-approved by the client. So it moves very quickly. And that's why every single week we can deliver between 15, 30, even 50 different assets every single week, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and it's important here, of course, to send you have your team that they know that part of the message, right? So yeah. when we do the value index and they come in, they can help out in that process. Because there are people, there's people that they don't, they don't have that side of the team, right? And they, that's when the onboarding process comes in where we really seek to understand, like my brother said, their audience and their message, right? Yeah. Because when we do the value index and we select those chops, we want those chops, right? We want those pieces of messages to really speak to their audience. And that is yeah. key, right? Something that 
we saw when, because we try to repurpose our content before with some other people as well, right? And we're like, you know, I don't like what they're picking out. Like it doesn't really resonate. So part of our education throughout these years, one of those skills that we've been building has been the direct response marketing element, right? So we decided, what if we do content repurposing for marketers by marketers? Like, let's find where the epiphanies are in the content. Let's find where the stories are, right? Let's find where people are going to change their beliefs within this content. And those are the pieces we want to grab out and put out yeah. into the world so, so we can have the, the biggest yeah. impact. So to go to like over results, like what happens? Awesome. Like I get all these assets now, I put it out there to the world. What happens, right? There, there's a few value points that we've seen there. Like first, uh, like, uh, like our friend McCall says, right? Your message is your filter, right? So that's the first thing we're multiplying our message across different platforms, right? You never know who you're going to touch, right? And we talk often about the silent watchers, people that continue to see your content every single day because they're active on social media, right? And, uh, and they see that message repeatedly, they build that trust with you, then they might be, and they, they might listen to a full episode, and then they follow the call to action into a call, into whatever that next step is on the selling process, right? So that's one benefit. The second benefit is obviously that the host continues to build trust with the audience. What is, what is the implication of this as value if they're interviewing people is providing value to that guest, right? Because you're elevating them with you, with your brand, with your message, right? So it's going to be so much easier to create relationships outside of your show, right? Uh, we actually have one client. He's a home inspector. He has five different shows. He actually just bought a yacht to build a studio in there, right? And when we had the meeting with him, he's like, yeah, 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 we're going to distribute the content, but don't worry about it. Like, I want it for my guests. He's utilizing the assets to give to the guests because he understands the value of that relationship, right? So obviously, like we've been focusing a lot on that, on the messaging side of things because the power of the platform, you have a show, but on top of that, you also have 30, 40 different assets that you can promote their message and your message at the same time. And then people can cross post all over the place. Now you create like this crazy network, right? Of posts that you are tackling other people audiences in not only on podcasts but on other social media so we've been tracking also on our end different things our accounts keep growing up just by consistency right like consistency is, is the kpi that yeah. rules them all we, right we have this saying <laughs> that is consistency is art right and art is an acronym for authority relevancy and trust right those are three things that are built with consistency like if you start looking at every single person you bought something from on the internet they probably have been very consistent in front of you and they have developed all those three, right? They, they have authority in their, in their marketplace. They are relevant on what they're talking about and they earned your trust. And that's when you decided, I want to buy from this person. Yeah. Another element too, make sure that there's call to actions in every single piece of content, right? Where are you sending people? Are they going to listen to my show? Like, what is the next action? I need to tell them. I need to remind them every single time, right? Like it wasn't until day 15, this person saw the video like seven times, seven days in a row, but it wasn't until day seven that he's like, okay, let me call, let me pick up the phone and call these guys. And that turned into an $80,000 contract, right? Like it, it's incredible. So make sure that that call to action is in there. And then this is only on the organic side, right? Like in, like in my, we're testing different things now, but ads, 
we can create as much creative as possible to then test on the paid side and then identify what is the message that resonates. So if we're launching a product, right, let's test different messages, same video, different headlines. Like it, it, the system allows for that very high volume. So we can test very quickly and we're actually helping a healthcare company with this, right? They're trying to, to hire nurses for residential healthcare. So you, we create all these assets, 50, 60 different assets, ad agencies runs them, they pick the three winners and then they go with them, right? And then the next week we do the same thing. So now the capacity and the resources investing your team with, with these assets is massive because it allows you the opportunity to test messages very, very quickly, right? So uh, results and possibilities are endless, right? If we accept that we can handle high volume, right? Uh, we interviewed uh, Holly, um, Holly Homer. Holly Homer. She posts 75 times a day on Facebook alone. <laughs> mind blowing. That is mind blowing. And she's like, I, I'm guided by the data. The data telling me like, uh, the more that we post, the more engagement, the more, the more, results the, the more resource. Yeah. Incredible. Right. So it's like, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And I remember she telling us she was in a conference sharing this story and people are like, no, you're supposed to only post twice a day. Well, our conclusion was, well, that might be people that don't have the system, the capacity or the resources to actually do high volume. And here's Holly that has those three, right? The message is clear. The capacity is there. The, the, uh, the, resources. the, the resources are there. And, and she's able to scale and she's doing and she's getting results. So we tried it ourselves and we're like, the most we put the message out there, the more results we get, the more conversations we get, the more relationships we develop that then can be translated into business opportunities. So those are a lot of the results that we're, that we're seeing around. <laughs> I love it. Those are, those are all so, so, so good. Um, and I really appreciate you the, sharing the specific examples that, that you're using with people. Okay, so I've got two more questions for you guys. And I always ask these in my interviews. The first is, um, what has been the biggest internal transformation that you guys have experienced in your entrepreneurial journey? You hit the spot, yeah. Uh, that's probably from, so I'll say there's two stages pre-publishing and post-publishing, right? So pre-publishing is if you don't enjoy the process, move on to do something else, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm doing this and I don't enjoy it, but I, I get a grind, right? That is like the hustle culture that is nowadays. But guess what? There's so many opportunities out there. You can probably find one that you enjoy and you can make it work, right? And that was the lesson we learned specifically with the t-shirts. We absolutely despise the process. I mean, imagine being in a garage stuck with like 90 degrees outside and like 80% humidity and an uh, oven running right next to you to dry the shirts. It was horrible. So yeah. that's pre-publishing. Post-publishing, wow. Like the, the changes. We always said there's something magical that happens when you put thoughts into words. And it makes you start thinking things differently and you just start looking inside of you and you're like, wow, what are all these fears that I'm facing? All these opinions of mine that I'm putting out into the world. Do I actually believe them what I'm talking about? Right. And it, it just starts like a, a new thinking loop and you start analyzing yourself and growing yourself as a person. And I've seen the change, not only in our business, but in my personal life, like the conversations that I'm having now, are way are way better are are deeper right than i used to have yesterday uh we met this guy actually at podfest and he was from our same, same city uh, sorry, yeah podmax sorry mm -hmm. and and we went he's from our same city and we went to grab coffee 
and we had like this conversation about philosophy that I never would have imagined I would have had with someone before ever in my life. And it was absolutely amazing. So, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, uh, you hit the spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, he's, the, he's a philosopher. He's a, he's a dreamer, right? Like, again, benefits on that. Uh, on my side, right? Like, uh, the amount of point of contacts, like, I'm more like specific to the business on, on my side because that's what I run, right? Like, the, the amount of conversations that now I can develop, the relationships that now I can develop, that I can refer people to, for example, like, if I'm not an expert in that area before I was trying to, like, get it done for them, now I'm like, I'm okay giving it to somebody that I know that is in my network for them to handle. And the same thing goes for them, right? So the, the level of the relationship that we've been able to develop with multiple CEOs, like the, yeah. the fact that we have a platform, the fact that we can create these assets, right, has opened doors for us to do this. So I highly, highly encourage. And this started with Facebook Live. It didn't start, you know, with a full blown machine. So if you're at the point that you cannot, you don't have the capacity or the resources, that's fine, right? Start small, consistently. How can you build that consistency and attach it to that offer so you can actually sell, get the resources to then reinvest in a team that can elevate this yeah. for you? Re relationships for sure has been a huge one too. Just the fact of meeting these new people, you know, connecting with other incredible entrepreneurs has been I a game changer. I love it. Guys, I, we could talk for so long and our time is coming to an end and it's been such a blast spending time with you really, really quickly. How can people get a hold of you, follow your journey and, and learn more about what the biz bros are all about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the best way to find us and connect with us is obviously through the show content is profit. Uh, you can find it in any platform. Uh, yeah. You can actually see the behind the scenes live shows that, that, that we do uh, on our Facebook page at Biz Bros Co. And uh, feel free to send us a DM, slide into those DMs at Biz Bros Co. everywhere, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Uh, looking yeah. forward to having you guys. I will say go to Content is Profit, the show, and listen to our episode with Lisanne. Ooh, so she, good. She's a baller. She she's awesome. <laughs> I love it, guys. It has been seriously such a pleasure having you on the Marketing Matrix today. Thank you for all the good work that you do for me and for all the goodness that you're putting into the world. Um, and guys, you have to, have to, have to check these guys out. They are the real deal. And so thank you so much for coming on the Marketing Matrix today. Thank you, Lisanne. Thank you, Lisanne. Guys, I am seriously so happy you listened to the Marketing Matrix podcast today. I know the biz bros have already helped you. Who else do you know that needs this help? Forward this episode to them. In our next episode, I can't wait to give you some of my insights to help you on your journey. So be sure to tune in. And remember, guys, I always want to talk to you about this because, I mean, the conversations going on over there are just out of this world. You are invited to join our marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Ecom Brands. To hop in with others trying to master the ad game and scale their business, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash FBAdNinja. All right, guys, thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to talk directly to you in our next episode, so I'll see you then.